0: Yo neighbors, welcome back to the show. This is episode 56 and Andy Rouse is back on the show from the deep Share. This is his third appearance and it's always a pleasure to have Andy on the show. I love the way his mind works and we could probably chat for hours if either of us had any fucking time. <laughs> but we squeeze it in when we can and uh, today we are discussing these anomalous historical events and facts from some old historical books. I think if you're looking for the mysteries of the past, all the information is available. You just have to go and find the resources yourself instead of waiting for a meme to tell you maybe. And there's plenty of books if you're willing to do a little reading. Not many people are but let's get our minds focused and read this shit because one day it'll be scrubbed from the internet and we will not have a chance to look back on it. So I've linked below two of the historical books we talk about and the rest of the anomalous stuff comes from the newspaper archives, mainly the Minnesota digital newspaper archive, which I talk about all the time. It has a really good search engine I mean, there's a few other good ones, but mostly you have to pay for the good ones. And this one is for free. So go find it and put in some keywords. Maybe start with giants, giant, giant skeleton. If you want to follow the thread of this episode, that's a good place to start. So I want you guys to welcome Andy back. We're going to talk about some weird fucking shit today. Stuff that we've been told comes from myths and legends, but it's actual historical facts. And the main book we wanted to get into, we kind of just grazed the surface of. So I hope he comes back and we do another swap cast so we could talk about this book more because there is so much cool stuff in it that I want to share with you. And I may just do an episode by myself next week talking about the historical records from the Native Americans as taken down by this author in the early 1800s, after you learn the languages and the allegories that go with the stories. And it's really rich history. Stuff that maybe even these tribes and clans, ancestors, don't have access to anymore. And I'd love to share it before it's gone. But this week, we are talking about all the weird stuff we can think of that got brought to our attention from these books and articles and just having a great conversation about it all. I love how Andy always comes at things with an open mind, but it has also a very critical and analytical mind and way he thinks about things. So I always enjoy his perspective. And without further ado, Here's episode 56, and just be warned, it drops in in the middle of nowhere, because as soon as the call starts, we just start yapping, and then we have to scramble to start recording, and it's always hard to find the right place to start it, so I didn't want to leave any out, and I just thought I would start it as it comes, so it jumps in a little, but you don't miss anything. We just kind of are bullshitting a bit. Enjoy this episode, guys. It was a pleasure to make, and it was a pleasure to have Andy back, and I'm sure he'll be back around again. We have more to talk about. Catch you next week, and I love you guys. Peace.
1: and fucking get into whatever we want to get into as, Sounds
0: good <laughs> Talk start to me. Shoot
1: the shit anyway like it's been a while since we hung out and talked anyway so yeah besides the fact that you you brought something intense to my to my attention like it's good to see you anyway kaylin yeah right <laughs> so, Speaking of
0: intense this we're on alert and there's a smoke cloud over my town that's pretty crazy
1: so it's like fires and shit
0: yeah and the like the evacu- like outside of towns so like pretty much evacuated all on the west side and like all the way like an hour up the highway and like you can't even get gas in town i tried to go fill up my tank before this and there's this like the longest lines ever <laughs> so
1: Dude, i guess my living... people burned down <laughs> yeah you're literally like it sounds like you're on the set of a like an apocalyptic movie or something
0: feels like, like it
1: Act or something well, I hope you guys are all okay and your town is is all right.
0: I mean, it's just stuff, whatever. Is this know? just
1: normal springtime? No. France? No, okay. All right. Because I know there's some yeah. parts of the West Coast up up there that's just like on fire a lot, you know. So the
0: thing about, the weird thing about this is like most people that have kind of a conspiracy mind feel like this is kind of purposeful mm -hmm. because they, like, I've never seen so many chemtrails as I've seen in the last month. And we have this really intense heat wave that is really abnormal Mm -hmm. and they're just like crisscrossing over the sky all day, which never happens. You'll get like a line and then a while later, another line, Mm -hmm. but it's just been like so intense laying down grids on us and it just won't stop. it just fires going everywhere getting put out coming back raging and like i just sort of like i i wonder what they're trying to do
1: probably scare the shit out of everybody that's that's first and foremost
0: move us to the 15-minute cities is sort of like a bit of it i think
1: and get the farmers off their
0: land so they can confiscate the farmer land also to like push the narrative of the um Obviously global warming thing, right?
1: Yeah, all the climate agenda stuff is going on. And yeah, I can see yeah. how that that would be intentional in some way if they're trying to like just evoke more panic over the climate and stuff. Especially like they want to gear it towards it being our fault too. So like they just want to put us in this traumatic state, of course. Yeah.
0: But I mean, um you
1: know, it was- Let's um, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the deep share podcast. I'm here with my friend Kalen from the strange neighborhood podcast. And uh, recently Kalen brought I mean, we're always kind of sharing different resources and interesting little factoids that we find about history. And Kalen brought this book to my attention. And it's a long ass title. And I, I made some post about it that uh, Kalen shared with me. But yeah, we're gonna get into that tonight. You've done a lot of reading into it. I've skimmed a little bit where I could. You were pointing me towards chapter six in particular. It took me and long enough to like try bit. to find chapter six and seven. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll go into it more and you know get some cool examples going. But and basically. Anyway, we-
0: yeah go sorry go ahead
1: and, no you know, go ahead <laughs> I was
0: gonna say like those chapters are more about the etymology of like the his- historical lineage of like where we come from and how it's developed through like names and words and stuff and that's sort of like your area of expertise absolutely. so when I'm reading it I'm like oh what the fuck is all this but I know you have
1: the background <laughs> kind of to like a little bit yeah I absolutely it. have become obsessed with it you know yeah. and it's only because I've learn from, you know, Dan and Aki Dan and others. It's it's just, we're I feel like we're all standing on each other's shoulders in a way. We're all helping each other like see over the hill. And eventually it seems like we're going to untangle this whole damn thing, but maybe that's altruistic. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think you're right. Honestly, like, and each, like, I feel like our lost history is something that we almost totally lost. And then all of a sudden there was like a little spark here and there on YouTube. And now it's just like ignited into this not to use a fire analogy right now, but like (laughs) it's ignited into this like huge wildfire of like, everyone's kind of digging up little scraps and we're all sharing them. I mean, the people that are kind enough to share and want to put the puzzle together. uh, Like as a collective. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's really cool. What's happening.
1: And it's so confusing and the puzzles hard to put together because there's so many (laughs) fake pieces that look like they're supposed to fit or something, you know, and, yeah. It, like I've, I've been saying on different shows lately that it's like we have a lot of flag planting in this community where because we've been told the world is so mundane now that the floodgates are open and we're we're like shown that it's not mundane. It's like we're just like, yep, and this is real and this is real and this is true and this is true. And it's like, whoa, 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 you know, and I, I think deep analysis is what we need more than anything, especially about his.
0: Sorry, one second.
1: No problem. No problem.
0: What's that, Sean? Whatever. <laughs> I, I guess it wasn't that important. <laughs> My husband just arrived from work, so.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Um, let's let's get into this book. What is this book? What's the name of it again?
0: Okay. So, I got it all right here. So it's And we called... can
1: share screen at some point, too, if you want to, like.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff to show you and stuff. Um, It's called The American Nations or Outlines. Of a national history of the ancient and modern nations of North and South America by Professor C.S. Rafinisk. Volume one. Wow.
1: <laughs> the mouthful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's really it's pretty interesting. And I I'm assuming there's a volume two or I don't know, but I you know, this one's pretty heavy with the information. I didn't
1: get that far, you know? (laughs) Right, right. So what have you gleaned so far? And like, what, like, what's the overall feel of the, of what it's about?
0: Yeah. So he, what he did is he's, um, he collected all these like historical um, books and manuscripts and stories around the beginning of the 1800s. And then he has like built a kind of chronology of like the true ancient history as as far as he can piece together of the Americas since like um, before the great flood and all the way like this there's a second flood and then like everything so all Hmm. the peoples that came before us and left or fled to higher places then you know came back yeah and then other shit happened and then the columbus era after right okay. so yeah it's pretty interesting and he also goes through like um what i think so interesting about this book like a really interesting part is when he goes through all the kind of I ca- he calls them annals of the native people or like aboriginals but mm-hmm. they their tales of their history and song and like um you know, versus. Mythology and stuff. Yeah, and he really breaks down, like, what they mean by words, the words they use, and, like, what they're referring to when they, like, talk about the bear came and stuff, like, it's not a bear, it's, like, a certain kind of people that came, and, like, how um, historically all of these ancient peoples refer to the, the white, like, Columbus kind of um, colonizers as the snakes,
1: the, the, ah. reptiles, the snake
0: people and I thought that was really fucking interesting
1: yeah and tracks big time
0: yeah and like yeah it's just really interesting all of it and uh so well like I have some stuff highlighted but I just want maybe I'll just read this first bit I've highlighted because it kind of like talks about what he's talking about I think if I have this right so he says um It is not yet suitable to give here a complete list of all the ancient nations who have or may have colonized the Western Hemisphere. This can only be done afterwards as a result of the instituted inquiries on the subject. Meantime, I state as highly probable, even even mere analogies, sorry, that all this... All the nearest nations of the Atlantic or Pacific Oceans in the Eastern Hemisphere have either visited or colonized the Americas, particularly from the East, the Bold Navigators, Atlantes, Pelagians, Phoenicians, Libyans, Astrucians, etc. And from the West and the ancient tribes of the Tartars and Chinese and the Polynesians, etc. We shall, throughout this historical outlines... Find ample proofs of this fact, exploding erroneous beliefs that a single nation could have populated the whole of the Western Hemisphere. It shall appear also that these early settlers must have brought along many foreign tribes as auxiliaries, vassals, or slaves.
1: Ooh. Wow. Yeah, so, so that's
0: yeah he's saying we we didn't just one person one peoples didn't colonize all of this it's ridiculous to even think that is what he's basically saying this
1: is part of the spider web right i mean the more you look into it you i you know i focus on like two or three tribal names or or you know groups of people nomadic Mm -hmm. tribes or something and then suddenly i'm facing 10 different names 10 different peoples that i didn't even hear about before that are all in the mix and everyone has kind of borrowed or stolen or, or passed along these same stories where you go or, or it's just so weird to wonder why this part of history is so controlled and so lost to us and like of course the mainstream explanation is just that it's all stories and folklore and myth and we don't know and i just i don't buy it i'm sure you don't either
0: no, and I also like I accompanied this research with this old geography book I found from even earlier that was translated from the late uh, I think it was here I got it here somewhere. It was it was like a hundred years before this book was even wrote, this geography book. So Gosh. it talk and it talks about like each people's that they found at each place, what and like it just it tears apart the narrative. <laughs>
1: right if you go
0: back far enough and read what's actually going on in that time nothing makes sense to what they told us
1: yeah this is kind of back to what i'm always saying about how um you know from a skeptical point of view we're seeing everything as as just made up stories and everything mainly because of literature from the 1800s uh the mid 1800s prefer like specifically was what i'm finding and It's interesting because of how hot the 1800s is, I guess, in this community from multiple different angles, like the Tartaria Mm. stuff leaks into the 1800s and so does like mud floods and all, all these different themes. Something is fucky in the 1800s for sure. And there's absolutely like a metaphorical mud flood when the fictional literature pop culture literature starts to enter the game in the 1800s when it comes to taking these old stories from word of mouth you know cultures telling these stories about their origins and what anthropologists used to consider legitimate information about prehistory in those areas is now just conveniently converted into these like fictional fantastical stories
0: yeah it's it's unreal how it's unreal how much um we take literally from this stuff from like mm. old stories and how um no matter how many times wise people tell us that everything's symbolic and symbolism is the important thing to understand we still take everything literally we're digging stuff up and being like oh this means this happened like as far as the giants go to like there was, there, I do believe there was like a large peoples and and like maybe even up to 10 feet, 11 feet tall even, because I do have like a lot of historical accounts of that. Yeah. But um, for, as far as like the allegory of a giant peoples, I think is more like uh, maybe larger, but brutish mm. and a savage kind of like more people, more... Mm. Um, warlike and you know less empathetic
1: culture yeah brutish less empathetic and warring like warmongering Mm -hmm. um but also what i'm finding is nobility and royalty in some cases is like almost directly referring to this this giant uh word you know uh in terms of royalty And it's really interesting. And I've brought this up on a couple shows already, but the show Ragnarok on Netflix, it's a little teen angsty, but it's pretty legit for an action show anyway, about the Nordic gods fighting these ancient giants, but the giants are just people. They're just these assholes from Norway that are running the oil companies and stuff. But like, you know, it translates into like modern day. It's kind of like a, you know, Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet from the nineties, what they did with those, which kind of like modernized these old tales. So they kind of do that in a way with this Ragnarok show, they put it down to human terms, but it's kind of telling us that too, where like these giants are just people, but the tall, like nine, 10, 11 feet tall. I think that's completely within this same like understanding. I think one implies the other almost one came from the other. Like they were no, they were called giants because it meant noble, but it was, they were noble because they were gigantic and, and strong and they were bigger than everybody else. Like it all kind of fits together in the same way. What pisses me off is how, when, again, the flag planting with 25, 35 foot tall monsters, Oh mountains used to be giants and now they're sleeping. Like, I don't know how woo woo I can, I can handle in in that direction. You know what I mean? I feel like that's more fantasy or even distraction and misdirection.
0: And you know what? It very well could be, but like, the fact is is that you can't really plant your flag there because how can you even prove that? Like, why wouldn't you just
1: keep looking? (laughs) I mean, yeah. And I shouldn't plant my flag either in saying it's impossible either, I guess. Right.
0: (laughs) So do you want a screen share and I'll just show you some g- stuff about giants?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Let's okay. start with that. So do I have to give you permission or whatever?
0: Um, I think so. Screen share
1: allow. Oh, I think you're good. Nice. Okay.
0: Sweet. Um, so this one's from the geography book, and if he's you... this is about New Zealand.
1: Okay, and do you remember the and- name of this geography book? Is this something you sent me to?
0: Yes, and I'll just. I'll get the name in a sec I'm just I can get it
1: um it. I'll get that while you talk about this
0: okay so it says for New Zealand like it didn't have a lot of information about New Zealand but it has a lot of cool information about like everything but it says New Zealand which was discovered in 1642 by the Dutch the inhabitants are blacks of gigantic size uh. and so like the Maori because I used to live in New Zealand but the the Maori are um a very large people, like a large stature, very like disproportionately bigger than regular people or um, whatever you want to say,
1: Right, <laughs> like yeah. large bones,
0: large head, big stature. they are big people. And they also ha- have been proven to have like a higher testosterone than other people on the planet for some reason.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Which is really interesting, but they were a warring people. They were, um, The story in New Zealand is kind of funny because these might be the Moriori or I don't know because they say that the Maori came after from the Polynesian Islands and um, the Moriori were living there before and they came and they were cannibals and ate all the Moriori into Mm -hmm. their land. And I don't know who the Moriori were, but there's like stories of stone structures buried in the rainforest in New Zealand and stuff that no one, there's no record of and stuff like that. Right so interesting
1: very interesting
0: (laughs) and uh so I thought that was really interesting and then there is I I don't know I have a whole bunch of like uh short newspaper little things so what Mm -hmm. I do a lot on my show is I collect like old newspaper articles from the 1800s as far back as I can go and try and find anomalies so Mm -hmm. I I just grabbed a few to show
1: you so hell yeah well but right before this but just to mention the Maori you know, of course, leave it to me to connect it to Box Saga, but in Paradise time in the Box Saga, we were all black, and everything was tropical. After Atlantis, or all Atlantis, or all land ice, when the catastrophe happened and they were all cut off in Helsinki, and the whole northern hemisphere was decimated, all the southern kingdoms continued on, and those southern ringlands that were emulating the fatherland the the uh, all fatherland in the north originally were all doing the same exact breeding system supposedly according to the saga so if that's the case then all those southern kingdoms that weren't affected by the ice continued to breed huge people so i wonder if that is a good connection to that you know what i mean
0: so funny they use the term all black because that that's like the new zealand's like most famous team sports team is the all blacks the rugby team and they're like really famous and good at oh, rugby. oh interesting like they're the all blacks
1: <laughs> that's it that's a loose connection right there you know
0: <laughs> but funny that you said that i was like "Huh, the all blacks um mm. so this i just picked a few short ones just to show you what the kind of stuff i find but this one is from November 26th, 1850. And it says, Remai- remains of a giant, a human skeleton of unusual size has been discovered in Persemus, New Jersey, buried in oyster shells of immense size. So the, also the oyster shells were large. <laughs> it was in a uh, sitting posture when found and is doubtless the frame of an Indian of olden time. It must have been eight feet in height, which usually that's about like eight or nine feet are most of the ones they find
1: the right, skull measures
0: yeah. 18 inches from the root to the nose, over the top to the bow. I don't know what that says of that. So they always misspell things and write them weird. but of the occupational bone, bone o- oc- occipital bone.
1: Oc- occipital.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <Your doctors. laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, most <laughs> of these words I'm like looking up and making it say it to me. Cause I'm right? like, what is this? Um, one paragraph
1: has taken four hours <laughs> to just yeah, then, understand it. Right? I'm like,
0: what is this? Um, Especially but, with the
1: AF right there. You see that on that line, right? the AF is actually, is not as fuck. It's as, because right. for some reason there was a lot of Fs. Yeah.
0: Like okay, for, that's, for
1: yeah. Ss. And I, I don't know if that was an old thing or just typewriters, like people fucked up a lot. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But Isn't then it me?
0: also says containing a full set of teeth, even sound and white. Wow. Which I think I always find like remarkable. Like they always say that they're always like, wow, they had good teeth.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. So like some of now have you investigated just curious? Cause I personally only did this with like one or two of them that were came to me through emails and they turned out like later articles involving the same thing, same like bones turned out to be like a mastodon or something. And I'm curious if you think like a lot of them have been done that way and it's on purpose and it's probably like the Smithsonian's involved in some way or something, or if maybe it's some of them are legit and some of them are, are fake. What's your take on that? Have you seen any of that? Oh
0: yes. And there was this one like really massive giant and I'm not sure. I don't have it with like the article to, to reference right now, but there was this one really big one. I think it was found in upstate New York. And then they did all the, had all the measurements, the breastbone, the, the shoulder width, like mm. everything. So obviously it was an intact skeleton. And then after it came out and said, oh, this was a hoax and blah, blah, blah. And, mm. but the Smithsonian was involved in the first article, <laughs> which uh. is always like a good clue that um, like, that's the last person you should ever call if you find someone something, and if you see a UFO, the last people you should call is move on. Just say, and like, right? So that's don't where fucking I not was... tell anyone like that,
1: <laughs> especially anything. Yeah. yeah, that's where um, yeah, that's where I got into the weeds because I found one that was not uh, Smithsonian involved. It was like local scientists. Upon further review, like discovered that it was a Macedon, and it like went into detail on why they. Figured it was a Macedon and stuff like that. But then I did run into similar situations, just like one or two that involved the Smithsonian and similar explanations, you know? So it's, again, it's like 30% truth, 70% bullshit. It's always mixed together, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm glad that you've done this.
1: You've collected a lot of them so we can really get into them, you know?
0: So like I found something really cool, I thought a while ago. So this is just like how you can- you have to use a discernment so this is a good example of that i found something really cool about a buried city and Mm -hmm. they were comparing it to like herculeum and pompeii and it was in uh minnesota Mm. and and i was just like wow this is crazy and so i was like looking up all the history of when they discovered this place the lakes around it blah blah blah, trying to figure out what's going on turns out after i've like had to dig through a lot of old newspapers that it was like a joke article because they had had this huge snowstorm that blocked the railway from getting there. And then they were like, we discovered this city and they were making a joke about digging it out finally after like a month or whatever, like like getting the train back there. Right. And so I was like, what the, I just waste all that time. Can you (laughs) You imagine if that
1: same thing happens to people like 50 to a hundred, 150 years or, or so, with our culture and all the things that we don't so take confusing. seriously and put out there people are going to be like this place was insane it's
0: already so confusing <laughs> in this time trying That's to show what's fake and what's real and then imagine looking back i think about that all the time <laughs> and That's and definitely like, they're not going to know what's up or down like
1: <laughs> right right so here's yeah. uh here's the one that i um found and turned out to be i believe this one was legit too um This was the Williamson County giant, AKA a Pleistocene mega human. But I can share that in a little bit. Let's keep going with what you got. All right. I just got a couple of short ones.
0: So we might as well just go through these. Okay. So this one says, uh, this one's from the Cook, Cook County Herald from October 25th, 1902. And it says ancient skulls are found. While digging a deep trench near Frankenhauser, Saxony, some laborers found human bones buried in the dry loam. The fragments of a skull were so unusually large, they sent all the bones to Professor Geisberg, who said they show an antiquity of 2,500 years old and are the remains of three individuals, each seven feet six inches.
1: Interesting. And as early so like, as, as recent as 2,500 years like and not I 2500 think, bc 2500 years ago yeah and so but that then point, also
0: it's like putting an ancient people's and lots of times they say like there's red hair on them so it's
1: course. putting an
0: ancient people before the natives that were a different
1: stature of people completely mm-hmm. yeah would thousands have, of years yeah different race entirely
0: yeah and so, like, I do find that a lot. Like, if I'm, if you're searching the archives and you want to look up some, find some really weird shit, um, type in "unknown race," you're gonna get hit really? after hit after hit, and it's all gonna be like this. In the mounds, it found sticking out of this some weird tools they don't understand, mm. and they'll be like, it's from the unknown race from before, and they're in this time period in the 1800s. They were talking about this unknown race all the time.
1: Mm. And we're going to slowly but surely see this uh, closed in on and controlled this, this the narrative around this. We, uh, I'm going to say that right now. I'm sure you can agree. Mm-hmm. Um, if we haven't already, then we're going to start seeing a crackdown eventually because this alternative American history is picking up some tremendous speed. Regardless of what, like no conclusions, but just all the little pieces There's no way around that something really strange was going on.
0: Yeah. And I honestly, I feel that coming. And I've just been like hoarding these away and saving them. And I'm going to make a book of all the ones I found just so that there's like a hard copy somewhere of this stuff and i'm just i like, will
1: help you add to it if i can if i have oh, that'd be great
0: <laughs> honestly i'm getting so much stuff that i think i'm gonna have to do like different volumes like one volume on giants one because it's just getting so immense and it's like uh, I, I might need help like cataloging this shit like that sounds like such me a, a bit
1: that sounds like a better way to go about this than what i've seen recently on amazon like some people just writing these random books on uh tartaria and america and all these like ancient american books and stuff it's like let's not jump to conclusions yet let's just share what was written by the people that were there you know and just kind of contemplate what's going on
0: yeah so, so if you Sax- if you want to talk about tartaria we should get into that in a bit because i oh, got some man, stuff right? from the geography book and i i have like some ways i things I think about that some thoughts
1: (laughs) the Tartaria
0: narrative right I think it's like people are using it kind of like as a blanket term but it is funny how they are trying to erase that that nation even existed at all when it clearly did like yeah so they obviously have some important part in our history like the Grand Tartaria and um, the other parts of the Tartary states or whatever you want to call them I'll get into that from the geography book but Mm. I so it's weird that they're trying to like delete that from our history which I think it might have like some Russian book burning kind of stuff absolutely but um yeah and also because the Tartarians were world travelers same as like the Phoenicians and Yeah, yeah how about
1: that which is um, interesting. I wonder what covers for what? Like, I mean, if we're talking different time periods or because it's it's just so convoluted that all the evidence we really do have for all this is is recent, you know, it's it's fairly recent, you know. So yeah. but at the same time, like the Phoenicians weren't super ancient anyway, you know. We're talking right. like yeah, a couple a couple thousand years ago, not even
0: Yeah. Um so this one's from Mexico City which like fuck there's so much good stuff about Mexico but i'm just really trying to focus on like the states and mm-hmm. like um Canada what we know at that time because it's so immense of like a body of information but some things you can't really pass up like this one um says oh let's just see where it's from it is from February 19th 1923 and it says Mexico City, Mexico, February 19th. Skeletons of Indians 15 feet in height have been found at Casa Grandes near the city of Juarez. It is believed that the skeletons belong to an extremely ancient indigenous race. Vases also containing precious stones were found near the skeletons. So that's, a, that's why I brought that one because there's a 15 foot one and it kind of like, Debunks my theory of them only getting 11 feet tall. Yeah,
1: this is, a, that's an interesting one. Of course, it's it's convenient that we got literally like four sentences in a tiny little, like what newspaper and what the hell are they printing on the front page that this gets a tiny little blurb even back page. then?
0: If you see on the very left side, you can kind of see like there's pages going down. So that means this tiny article was on the sixth page. And, um, I often find it like that and it will have very interesting, like five sentences where you think anyone would want to know more about that, right. but they don't write anymore. They just It's leave a good starting and, point,
1: you know, yeah. <laughs> microfiche is almost a forgotten, uh, uh, art, but there's a lot there at your local libraries. Right. You have a lot of time. <laughs>
0: Okay, so um I want to show you something interesting that I found from this um geography book Sweet. that I think what that blew my fucking mind. Okay, so because it goes through every section of known land. So this is Amazonia, which I think is modern day Brazil or whatnot, something around the Amazon River, that area. Okay. Um, so it says, let me just find the spot.
1: Um okay that um, every sentence is oh cool. here we go.
0: yeah <laughs> uh, okay when the Portuguese in fifteen forty one went up the river into the country they met in their way on shore an army of warlike women with whom they had a reencounter and, um from thence they called this country amazonia
1: Hmm. so
0: so, like the story of the amazon women that the greeks told and then i looked it up in the smithsonian says like oh it was all myths there's nobody how would the greeks know anything about the amazon anyway at that time well if you know anything like we know everyone was everywhere like
1: and talk about like some of the earliest superhero uh mythos too in modern america uh which is interesting because as uh you know uh drawing a blank on his name but oh man he's awesome he writes great books but he talks a lot about the revival of the gods through superheroes and things like that it's pretty crazy he's from the secret sun blog
0: oh yeah so the the, when you look up the mythology from the smithsonian they say that they were maybe this warring um women kind of like or female-led society that that eventually moved to i i don't know how to say this but Saivia, Sivia, Sivia, you were talking
1: about it. yeah yeah no. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, and i to heard you talking about move, it move to or move from
0: moved it says moved to or were maybe from
1: okay so that's interesting and that was in the
0: smithsonian article about like were the amazons real no they might have been these women that moved to side and the
1: scythians were they 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 try to do this thing where they're like well these were just like this is the name we use for groups that we don't know it's like that's not true because once you start to look into the phoenician alphabet and how it's put together and what words mean they point to different people on purpose you know the scythians are very specifically a group around the mediterranean that operated for a long time and they're connected to everything else it's it's very interesting because we find scythians being talked about in the americas often i found another article recently actually it might have been you who sent it to me maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe
0: But yeah, I just was like, that's a really odd connection. And because like we have so much Greco-Roman architecture that's like kind of unexplainable
1: mm-hmm. in
0: early America, um, or they try to explain it away, but I'm not sure it's explainable. That, like, obviously the Greeks and the Romans were here already at one point here and there in the history who knows when and then this is connecting side or the to the amazon women who they're trying to say didn't even exist but if you read this it says that they did they encountered them on the river and they were warring female or female warriors that they ha- had to fight like
1: <laughs> that's nuts and if yeah, yeah it, it does fit, fit quite nicely with everything
0: oh here's the amazon oh no yeah maybe <laughs> have the, I do have the link, but um, I'll send you it later for the Smithsonian article. It's real bullshit. We don't need to awesome. talk about it. Here. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: it's It'll be good. Bullshit.
1: It'll be good. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes or something too, just so people can check it out. I yeah, mean, we all, sweet. Can all shit right on the uh, Smithsonian. Right,
0: and so then there's this other thing, and it's a uh, mania and teramangelic. Ninica, Magellanica. It's Ed, Magellan Mage- <Sanica>. discovered it. Yeah, Magellanica. There you go. And so this is just the start of it here, but it says, uh, where does it lie? It lies, um, it joins to that of Chile and southward.
1: Yeah, it's where of from... Turk. That's Doth- a weird word. I've heard someone mention this before. It's
0: from south to north, 640 miles long, and from west to east. So it's like the I think it's like Patagonia basically, like okay. the the southern part of South America in some place, maybe not exactly the very tip, but I think like Man Magellanica is the tip because it's talking about how Magellan like sailed around it or whatever, right? Okay. okay. And discovered it. And there what and then this talks about giants somewhere in here. Sorry,
1: I should have highlighted that, it. That's okay.
0: But it says that they, that they're
1: skimming. I see giants on the other page. Oh yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Chapter six.
0: And so it says, what sort of people were the natives? Some old authors among the Spaniards. So from, from way before even this book, which was the late 1600s. And then it was translated later. Wow. Um, The Spaniards made them, sorry. Monstrous. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Monstrous giants of 12 feet high. But later travelers give them the ordinary size of men um they are very ignorant have no religion nor do they qualify qual- are they qualified for doing anything
1: <laughs> they dig roots called capoose, which <laughs> serve them instead of bread what
0: yeah well that's so like, what like I, to different
1: people i mean the, yeah. made them spaniard spaniards made them into monstrous giants right. okay well this could be two things right this could be two different people or it could be a, like trying to keep others away from that place
0: yeah because that You're happens like, a lot there. there's 12 yeah. foot giants
1: that's like the phoenicians ruling the atlantic ocean and like there be dragons there Serpents. and then like maybe they Literally. found a
0: bunch of gold and they were like don't go there right <laughs> they- <laughs> i find that like all the places in south america where whether they were cannibals or not i don't know if there's proof to that but mm. they call they basically in this book say everything in south america is cannibals in central america and even in like southern united states yeah cannibals. So,
1: i've like, seen that a lot too in uh in these old books talking about even the the giants particularly like all the cannibalism tribes and stuff like that it's more than you think in history
0: But then there is another theory I have that like, there was a time when um, the atmosphere was different and things were bigger and maybe like it was a slow reduction in size over time because everything else reduced in size
1: over time as well. I I think that could be it too. There's another (laughs) theory from like Robert Sepper that involves Cro-Magnon and I'm not too, there's a lot of big words involved. So I haven't really got it in my (laughs) photographic memory at all yet, but like yeah, it, it, it's interesting because that kind of ropes in Bigfoot for me quite often. Um, I listen to a podcast called the, the uh, SCP Archives, which uh, is like this secret government agency that keeps the lid on all the anomalous shit that happens in the world. And it's huh. just like a fictional podcast that comes from a Reddit and anyone can submit their own stories. Uh. Um, but they have to follow the format to like, you know, f- fill out like what kind of uh memoir it's going to be and stuff like that it's all like recorded as if you're a new recruit looking through these audio files and one of them is scp 1000 and it's bigfoot and it's kind of a joke at first because it's like four seasons deep into the show it's not an you know one of the early scps but it gets real serious and the mythology that they weave into this story had me thinking like well places like this are often used as dumping grounds for things. They want a little tidbit out into the public here and there. And that could be a little paranoid, but they talk about Bigfoot as like, not only our counterparts, but like better than us and stronger than us and superior to us in every way. They walked at night. We walked in the daytime. They built natural machinery like their technology was more advanced than ours but completely different and more naturalistic and eventually we got the upper hand with their technology or something and wiped them out and destroyed them all and left the remaining ones like with their brains scrambled and shit it's this whole thing about their like this leftover megalithic fucking race And um, in the end, they start talking about how there's like communication efforts on the part of Sasquatch more and more as time goes on. And a recent recording had been roughly translated to given choice for now, we forgive you. Or it's like, we forgive you, given choice for now, not forever. Let us back in. And it's just like the most cryptic, cool little horror story. But at the same time, it makes me feel like that's at least someone that's looked into it. Or someone leaking some shit because that's clearly what we have going on in our history. Where I think maybe Sasquatch might be involved with this. And that might be a stretch. I don't know. But just throwing it in there.
0: Hey, I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, I think it's interwoven in interwoven into like the UFO phenomenon, the missing 411 phenomenon. Like I think Absolutely. there's a weird connection we don't understand already. And so I did bring an article about. Bigfoot from
1: 1901. Yes. Um, yeah. Barbarous men, and you know, yeah. barbar, according to Boxaga, Saga, barbar their bars were bare, as in naked people, fucking crazy heathens. Oh. Obviously, it goes a little further into this like hairy man, wild man kind of thing. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. Connection. So
0: I'll just read this to you. It's from the Ellendale Eagle, July 11th, 1901. And it's Wyoming's barbarous Men. A report reaches St. Paul, Minnesota, that a tribe of wild men has been discovered in the northern part of Fremont County, Wyoming. So during 1901, those people were, this tribe was still there. Mm -hmm. It it is said that two families are married and intermarried until they evolved such characteristics as to make them really a tribe. There are about 200 of them. They live among the mountain fastnesses, and (laughs) resent all intrusion with great fury the law can give victims of their assaults, little satisfaction. <laughs> well, <it sounds> like <laughs> yeah, like harass them. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes among he who goes among them goes at his own peril. It is further alleged that several of the men committed such depredations on the ranches in the northern parts of that state that Stockmen organized to defend themselves. And in the pursuit of one of the marauders, the stronghold of the Craytons was discovered. So they were like warring with a tribe anyway of one wild of the,
1: men.
0: yeah it describes a bit at the end here right um one of the stock thieves was a man of 40 years age of more he wore no clothes except of the most rudimentary nature his body was covered with black hair that afforded protection from the weather he had no language except unintelligible sounds his strength was herculean Upon being closely pursued by one of the stockmen, the Creighton turned upon the pursuer and catching man and horse into his arms, hurled them over a 40-foot butte. My God. That's the entire story. Like, fuck off. Why wouldn't they write more about this?
1: You know, a couple of these little moments here, like, stood out to me. And I think I actually heard this story read a long time ago on uh, Sasquatch Chronicles, with Wes Germer, um, I think someone read this at some point and I, they didn't mention it, but I remember thinking, and I'm thinking it again, it's interesting how I, I wonder if these types of tribes have slowly become Sasquatch, like mythical, but the further back in time you go, the more they're described as men and women like normal people, but just huge and wild.
0: And then, but he grabbed a whole horse and a guy at the same time as the part that I was like, what the fuck, man?
1: What? (laughs) That's, that's why this sounds exactly like Sasquatch because like the stories from uh, witnesses there, it's just insane. Like even, even my encounter that I don't even know if it was a Sasquatch or not because it was so dark and we had no light on it at whatsoever, but it shook a tree that when we went back to it the next morning was like six to eight inches around and it was shaking it. Like it was nothing. And like bears don't do that. And it wasn't a person. And we had been followed up the trail for a mile. It was crazy. So yeah. that sounds
0: almost <laughs> identical to my friend's story. And like for a while, I just thought like that. Cause he told me it's so many years ago that I was like, this is, this is, I think he's, he's maybe a bit too fucked up or something, but he went <laughs> camping Um, Not even that far from my house, like a fucking 10 minute drive down the road Mm -hmm. into this valley at the river and they were camping and they heard there was trees shaking and stuff. And I can't remember, I was trying to get the information from my husband, but he didn't reply, but I think this thing approached the fire and then they all just ran out of there and like, they had to hike up the trail a bit. So they ran up the trail, got in their cars and came straight home. And like, he swears it was a Bigfoot.
1: Dude, so here's the thing: I hadn't listened to Sasquatch Chronicles or anything. Of course, I had seen Harry and the Hendersons, and and i I had seen the Patterson Patterson Gimlin footage, of course, but like I didn't, I never paid attention to it. And that night, we slept with a on a on a cliff because we were we were hiking a mountain, and we ended up sleeping on a little outpost in the middle of the mountain, a little vista right on the edge of a frigging cliff with a fire, with our fire behind us facing the woods, just absolutely terrified that whatever it was, was coming back. And it it just like, it shook us to our core and it took us a while to even react. So after hearing tons of shit on Sasquatch Chronicles years later, I was like, Holy fuck. I think this makes a lot of sense for what happened to me. And they don't get a lot of reports from like New Hampshire Man, like there's there's not a lot going on out here so you know but there is there really is it's yeah. everywhere
0: it's really crazy we got off on like a really wild tangent from that we we yeah, but we were talking with the book we are
1: supposed to talk about a book but you know that's i like when this happens
0: <laughs> i think this kind of like ties into the his whole um ancient history but have you heard of the melangeans
1: Millennians. I hope you haven't because it's so exciting to show you. I, I, ha- I don't believe I have.
0: All right. Hold on Never to your socks here.
1: Millennians.
0: Okay. Let's find. So, this is a book about them and it kind of summed it up nicely like the, the, the Resurrection
1: of a Proud People. And we got also, Kennedy's yes. writing this. <laughs>
0: yeah oh my god i keep finding kennedy stuff everywhere of course i'm just like what the f-? like it, you know embedded in all this historical stuff that names is like bing bing coming up a lot but mm-hmm. um it's funny do you know what that my grandma's maiden name was kennedy no oh, shit <laughs> but we're not related <laughs> <laughs> we're just like uh just our irish ancestors i guess are mm-hmm. probably related to them but we, weren't, we were just poor potato farmers, so I don't think we got <laughs> any of the sweet kickbacks. Right, uh, right. <laughs> um, so it says, as early as 1654, which if later they try and say it was in the late 1800s, but hmm. as early as 1654, English and French explorers in the southern Appalachians reported encounters with dark-skinned, brown-and-blue-eyed, and European-featured people. People speaking broken Elizabethan English, living in cabins, tilling the lands and smelting silver, practicing Christianity, and most perplexingly of all, claiming to be a Portuguese. 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 Yeah. But they, they spoke like a broken English. So they said it funny, I guess. Do you know Um,
1: that if you go to Portugal and ask any of the people where their ancestors are from, they all will tell you they're from Atlantis?
0: yeah i think there's something about portuguese people and honestly i think these people said they're portuguese because of slavery at the time because mm. portuguese people weren't slaves they were free people and um these people had copper skin and they were uh, always like being discriminated against and like being fucked with because they're like are these people black or are these people you know what i mean like <laughs>
1: yeah they're not public sure- and they're not they were black like, they were
0: testing how flat their feet were and stuff mm. and harassing them all the time as the railway came through and stuff and so um so it says they're they said they're portuguese and they're declared free persons of color because i mm. think that's why they say that and in the late 1700s by the english and and Scotch Irish immigrants, the Melungeons, as they were known, were driven off their lands, denied access to voting, to education, and the right to judicial process. Um, so, so these people were found as the colonizers or settlers moved up into the Appalachian area from the East Coast, That's and they cool. found them there already there, and they were like they had high cheekbones and they looked like Egyptian. A lot of people say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i heard you guys talking about abraham lincoln it's suspected that abraham lincoln has was a melangean like had of melangean blood and was the descendant of these people and something else weird about him when i was studying akhenaten and nefertiti mm-hmm. because of that thing i found on the un flag i'm not sure if you've seen but um, oh, yeah, yeah yeah so when i so i was looking at them and it's like my first real look at egyptian history and so they had elongated skulls, and it's said that Abraham Lincoln did too, and uh, just them, their kids, and King Tat, who is suspected to be their son, are the only Egyptians that had this
1: elongated skull. Really? Those are the only ones in Egypt?
0: Yeah. And they, when Akhenaten be- came into power, he, um, they moved the capital, they changed the religion to a yep. monotheistic, like, sun god. Sun god, yep and uh they try to change everything and they like change the entire system and everything but then after they were like their rule was over it all went back
1: so and was, don't they say that akhenaten was like is that the one that they connect to moses or Noah? i, or I can't remember
0: if it's connected, to noah, this that's that's crazy <laughs> because i found some weird noah connections in this book that oh. we were looking at so oh, wait, wait till you see this. You're gonna like this. But uh, well, maybe we'll just look at these Melungians for a sec here.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
0: Um, so Hold then on. I found two articles about them, some old articles, and they're pretty long. And so maybe I'll just um put them on the screen so people can yeah, read yeah. the whole thing. But it's basically says, race. <laughs> yeah. They're called the Melungians, they're found no place else. Um, they've been traced back to North Carolina, but no further yeah and then and then it says um it says they do speak like a broken elizabeth in english and they some of them are christians but i think maybe also they say they're christians so that they weren't to like turn into slaves too right maybe Um, but in this article it says the language they do speak is an unknown one (laughs) to the most accomplished linguist
1: that's interesting
0: which i I wonder if people
1: have heard of these Melungians because i mean please people dig in m-e-l-u-n-g-e-o-n melungian That's i smart. i maybe i've heard it in passing but i haven't focused in i just i keep thinking to the the portuguese thing and the, the portugal connection to atlantis i'll show you some pictures of them because
0: they look portuguese absolutely like th- yeah. this is one of them um one of the families the melungians look mm-hmm. at that guy's mustache <laughs> i yeah, like man. they They're look like, like my brazilian European, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh then there's like here's like a big spread of
1: and you said a lot of them have blue eyes too yeah That's so that you know. at the
0: top you can see that guy in the middle has blue eyes and like it's kind of hard to tell because it's black and white but you could tell like their eyes look a little bit milky some of them and that would
1: hit mm-hmm.
0: blue eyes in the black and white photos
1: you connect these to the northern africans
0: yeah that's what even, i was thinking but, but
1: that group even had there's a lot of them with blonde hair and light skin too of theirs so the,
0: if you read through some of these articles it does say a bunch of them have blonde hair
1: mm. golden hair oh, were the Melungians hair. too no shit i wonder if these um, Melungians are the what, what are, the, are those the are those the askenazi yeah
0: uh, like
1: northern blonde africans who are these people the melanesians <laughs> well
0: those so are they... the world's
1: black people with blonde hair um, oh yeah that's not who i'm talking about
0: so like um the word Melanesian, i guess is i think a french uh, it's a like a uh, version of a french word that means like a mixture
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay
0: so they're, and then they're like, nowadays when you read articles about them, they trying to say, oh, they were a mix of black natives and and whites. And they were, the whites were early Dutch um, explorers that got shipwrecked. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> oh, and we tested their DNA, that's what they are. And I'm like, yeah, I, I seen all those DNA tests go, like, I don't trust that for a second.
1: Yeah, exactly, Honestly. yeah, that's, they're building a massive database. Mm-hmm. this
0: is the tail end of that in case anyone wants to read it that is watching this but it basically says what i've already said in the other ones like that they're an unknown people of unknown origin a bunch of them have blonde hair and blue eyes and they look sort of egyptian in features they have angular like um caucasian um shaped faces more.
1: yeah
0: yeah I thought that was really interesting and I thought it kind of went into this because it kind of shows that there's like, especially in the mountainous areas, because what this guy says in the book is that the two floods wiped out civilizations in North America. And, and then it says like the, the way, the way that the etymology of the words of like how people escaped, how native people, where native people went during floods and stuff, it's, it lends like a theory to them going to high ground. So like a okay. few mountain ranges would have held the last pockets of civilization mm-hmm. during the floods.
1: That makes sense. And I hate to do it, but there's another connection here. It's like if they mostly stayed in the mountains and traveled through the mountains, that's that's where Bigfoot is too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You're right. I'm not and saying then- it's
1: the same thing. I'm not calling these people Sasquatch. You know what I mean? But like it's, there's something there there's some sort of connection there
0: we are but we're
1: probably talking too. about two completely different things the Sasquatch thing is most likely like an admixture situation from way back I, I don't know who knows
0: maybe like an evolutionary trait of the ice age
1: could be or you know I hear for years uh, when when people ask like, you know, what people think Sasquatch is. A lot of people point to Nephilim. And for a long time, I just kind of laughed at that, rolled my eyes because like, you know, a lot of the people are just like Christians kind of believing a supernatural version of things and attaching that to Bigfoot. But honestly, even under what I think what Nephilim might be in terms of like a very human sort of situation, like, yeah, I mean, maybe... The idea that they were deformed or whatever the idea they were monstrous the nephilim maybe that is what sasquatch is but here i go keep bringing it back to sasquatch let's stay with these ancient people that we know exist
0: and so like um then ne- it's funny you bring up nephilim because he talks about them in this book and then he connects it to like uh a, a royal or like a, I guess the like the royalty of a certain time is what i think what he supposed from it did you find that part in the book i was highlighted I so much it i think he was somewhere the fuck is that the
1: part they i think they mentioned the canaanites in there
0: yeah and then he just said like he i think he said he like supposes that the word nephilim is connected to like a person higher above you not necessarily godly but more kingly type okay. of people or like the ruling class maybe
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's on the page I sent you.
1: Okay. Well, then let me see what I can (laughs) see. Let me just go back here.
0: Maybe I'll just read this list of things that he like goes to prove in the book because there's like quite a few good points and then people can look more into the book if they're interested in these things. But so then um, I'll just read what I've highlighted that he writes. And this is at the beginning of the book in chapter two. He says, as early as 1825, I sent, so he, he talks about how he like wrote a history already, sent it to the Academy of Science in Boston. And they basically like stole it and never got back
1: to him. Oh, Jesus. That makes <laughs> they sense. They were like
0: encouraging him to write it and saying he was going to like get all these awards and stuff. And they want to know everything he had to know. And when they got it, it was crickets. And they just like took it and we're just like, fuck you. We don't know what you're talking about.
1: I found that page. Um, I found that okay, page. Yeah, it. it is the Canaanite part. Yeah. So the, I, I read this recently on a show too. And yeah, I, this is important. This is very interesting. The Canaanite, the Canaanites or Cobbles have been deemed parents of the Atlantes or, or Atlantes and Africans. They were skillful, powerful, and wicked, inventing agriculture and arts, building cities, while the sethites invented astronomy letters and dwelt in tents if the american atlantes were antediluvian they must have sprung from the atlantes canites kin of moses and i do believe moses is the one that akhenaten is connected to but i could be That's wrong uh in 1170 in 11, this is weird i'm not sure yeah in 1170 years after adam the Egregory angels of Mount Ema came to Mount Hermon in twenty tribes under their under their king Semiazar and uniting with the Canaanites gave birth to the Rephaim, Nephilim, and Eliud tribes of giants, tyrants and cannibals, who made war on the angels and men, which that threw me off because I connect obviously can, the angels to yeah. all these things we just mentioned.
0: He later connects angels to other things like saying that they weren't exactly angels. Like you think when they talk, well,
1: right. I definitely wasn't thinking of them in supernatural terms, but it's, it's interesting to say that like the Nephilim and Raphim and Iliud fought against like the, these giants fought against the angels and men or made war on them. It's interesting because I thought I would assume that the angels, you know, in my simple hypothesis that isn't completely developed it's that the angels are these these same peoples these sea peoples you know but um anyway go ahead like the
0: the bible story how does it go that the nephilim were or was this is from like the book of enoch or something What the nephilim were, the offspring of angels that banged humans (laughs) right is that right yeah i
1: guess which is weird because sorry right so yeah yeah the sons of god mated with the daughters of men um which is interesting because like again we have caste systems in like box saga that uh where i believe it's the woman of the higher caste that is impregnated by the lower caste male. I can't remember, but, or could no. I think it's the opposite. The higher caste male impregnates the lower caste female and it connects all the castes together under one bloodline, basically.
0: So in the geography book, it basically says the same thing, but if you think of the angels as like Anglo or white people, yeah, the men, Anglo, because, yeah. because the men were all the the colonizers were chips full of men and then they bred with the tribe, the women of the tribes, right. And then made a new kind of race of natives in a way.
1: And the people the, that the are Right. <laughs> and the thing is again, aligned with the saga, these Acer people, they believe that their way of survival with the birthing system was the only way to keep the the human race pure and all that and i know what that kind of sounds like much later in history the pure race and all that kind of thing um so we have this story of the nephilim being so destructive this this out this uh, outcome of these two different races coming together uh and i it's it's interesting it just comes together
0: it's super interesting when you think about how they talk about all the Americas being covered in cannibals after, because they, they had all these copper colored races. And was that, is that what they're talking about? Nephilim, like these um, barbarous, like brutal people that were strong giants or whatever, or like, or like a rough brutish people. Is that like the tribes of like, you know, that came after, like, it kind of would, like, it's a kind of, Very similar stories to that Nephilim
1: story. Yeah, honestly, like like throwing out all of my Bigfoot talk tonight, like (laughs) just like (laughs) erase that for a minute. Like (laughs) thinking of this this as strictly like I often compare this to like a Romeo and Juliet type story where Mm -hmm. it's like two families that are not to be put together and i think a lot of that is the this racial divide back then star
0: crossed lovers right right it's and this ancient story
1: it's this <laughs> yeah. very famous story it's as famous as the prodigal son story where mm-hmm. which is fucking abundant in these things as well
0: and all these oh. old stories are allegories so you really have to like under or like try to understand the symbolism yeah. and if if they're talking about like all like if they're saying like using metaphors and saying angels and stuff, and it's actually metaphors, like, what are they actually saying? Like we got to kind of dive a bit deeper.
1: Right. And it's interesting too. I mean, just to get into the weeds a little bit, uh, I know I've mentioned it a a while back before, but angel and angle both Mm -hmm. go back to the Phoenician alphabet and become the same term. So when you think about the architects, and the uh you know the the builders and everything
0: i mean like the good guys might be a loose
1: connection but angles all
0: these lower people and then made these brutish people like Mm -hmm. it kind of goes with the narrative that they're trying to tell
1: yeah so just reading the end of this here the egregory have been deemed the titans of the greeks and atlas was a titan although gigantic nations existed in america the talugas toltecas caribs uh chileans uh being often such the term giant must always be understood to refer to powerful perverse men and that's so important that's such an interesting thing to to read you know yeah and again it doesn't have to mean that there was never giants right i think it's i think it's uh in tune with one another i think it goes together we just don't have all the pieces yet and why it fits together
0: Maybe we borrowed that term a bit and applied it to the wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe these are two different concepts
1: and they're just sharing the word. Could be. You know what I mean? Well, because I know that, like I traced it back to the the root of giant. I traced back to earthborn, which to me echoes again, uh, superior race, chosen people, uh, you know, first, most important. Uh, all these metaphors that you can attach to whatever this earthborn reason for like why why is it why does it mean earthborn, right yeah. and why would that also be attached to uh, big people right so it's that's where i'm getting that like double meaning and i think it's it's coming together somehow <laughs> i don't know yeah
0: it is. let's keep going
1: <laughs> okay so a little bit this more time list- we might have to do a part two on this honestly <laughs> i think it'd be worth will. it you know yeah. yeah, sounds good. Um,
0: I'll just read this little list of things that he kind of tries to prove in this book. I mean, it, there's quite a few points, but I'll read the ones I highlighted that I think are uh, worthy. Um, Okay, so number one, therein proved that in 1825, that there are yet materials enough, notwithstanding the loss of many, for an ancient history of America. So he's saying like, it's not all lost. There's enough information to piece it together, just no one is, but. Then he says, um, number two, that a complete American history ought to employ and combine all materials afforded by geology, geography, physics, chronology, physiology, ethnology, archaeology, philo- philology on America with all the traditions of Americans. And which I think he does like a really good job of, he goes through like geography, etymology, mm-hmm. um, mythologies, and like just shows how it all connects. Um, Number three, geology and physical geography indicates the cradles and ancient settlements of mankind, which he talks about like how they, where they went to during certain times and how they sprung forth from them.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And then says America has an ancient geography previous to 1492, which ought to be restored. Number five, the coincidence of names and nations and tribes afford a comparative concordance. Indicating ancient connections or identity, which I think is the most important thing that he did.
1: Yes. It's connected.
0: Na- like even like the natives, everything, like their, the words, the sounds, the stories, it all mm. connects to these ancient cultures.
1: And, you know, just to, to, to say this real quick. um, I do think that we have a limited range of sounds that we all use. And I think. This is a, uh, I guess you could say, compelling argument against what we're suggesting and what a lot of people throughout history have suggested with etymology. Uh, Even etymologists fall on both sides of this from what I've seen. Some people suggest, no, a lot of this is coincidence, but that's the same type of mind and quote unquote expert that we find in every field saying things are coincidence. So, yeah. Again, thirty seventy rule. Truth. There are no
0: coincidences.
1: And and that being the panultimate, that you know, the ultimate thing right there is that, (laughs) above all else, there are no coincidences. No. And that's the thing. That is the compelling argument uh, against the mainstream is that these these connections are too intense. Like there's too many layers to them, and they continue to corroborate one another over and over and over again i feel like i'm constantly putting the cart before the horse and finding exactly what i'm looking for and how dare someone say oh that's it. you just whatever you're looking for you're gonna find on the internet yeah that's not the case man it's rigorous research and you got to second and third and fourth guess yourself you know always question make sure
0: we're still we'll questioning say- we, you're the only person in this reality you're creating the reality so of course what you want to find you'll find I was like, mm, that's a yeah i don't too. buy that either yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um, that's a that's a whole different tear <laughs> right
0: right all right
1: then continue I, on with his then, proofs. Then,
0: okay number six is the ancient american population must have derived from nearest shores of africa europe and asia the points where all the indications and traditions tend are the antilles next pariah and guyana in south america It goes on to say a bunch more about also through Alaska, but you know they came across the sea. Mm And it it says number seven, which I thought you might like: the philological solution of historical affinities must be sought in the roots of languages, their conformity of analogies, and the number of similar sounds, roots, and words which are susceptible of a mathematical calculation and referable to the theory of probabilities he's saying it's way more probable than people say it is yeah like it connects too richly
1: that's beautiful so he said what i was trying to say in a much more intelligent way
0: and also like a little he makes it convoluted but that's how they used to write everything i kind (laughs) of love it i love it it's beautiful (laughs) sometimes i have to read sentences a few times but it's beautiful they're always they were masters
1: of language you know
0: really truly even in the newspaper sometimes i'm like wow what a sentence
1: yeah
0: um number eight many primitive nations in all parts of the earth may thus be proved to be akin and related number nine noah's flood was nearly general but perhaps not universal his ark or thebe t-h-b-e was perhaps tibet so there's, he also said that like, during the deluge, deluge, that they went to those mountains, Tibet, to, to a lot of people. And that was like a pocket mm. of civilization that survived. And that's three sons, which were three nations were saved there. Cause he says three sons. Oh, there was lot. actually three nations were saved in mm. that pocket of civilization from the flood.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> And then he says, it has been proved that all antediluvian patriarchs were nations, their long ages being the duration of dynasties or states. So when we, we look at history and they say this king lasted 300 years, and they're like, how could people have lived for 300 years when you look mm. read ancient texts? There's, that's the civilization. It's personified as a king. But it's right. really like an entire people's beginning, middle and end, right? It's the
1: all-father system. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and then crazy. uh the second flood was like Pe- Peleg's flood? Is that how you say it? P-E-L-E-G. Peleg. Peleg. Yeah. yeah. Flood was volcanic, not oh, so general God. as Noah's. So that was when like the weird melting and stuff happened because I do have newspaper articles of like ruins they found in the um colorado river valley and stuff of like melted stone structures and stuff that Mm. experienced a high heat event and so there was like a volcanic tumultuous time and then it caused flooding because of that um and it's not to be mistaken with noah's flood and it's different dates and he says that number 12 the cradle of tulans or mexican nations must have been the two tulans of asia since turan and tartary There are many places called Tula all over the world, indicating settlements of Atlantis, Atlantis. 13... Go uh, ahead.
1: The the Tokarian mummies in China that are like seven feet, six feet and they have blonde or red hair and they are these old giants or nobility or something. It's weird.
0: Yeah um exactly number 13 ancient ancient chronology of american america may be restored several dates given and a system propose which is so cool when you go in and like i encourage everyone to read this book because they have all this like um native american mythology and he like breaks it all down really geniusly and does like a chronology of their tales and stuff and like what was happening and stuff at that time and why they said this and why they called this person the frog man or whatever and like you know it all makes sense when he kind of like and he he figured this out by going back and learning the language himself because he couldn't find someone to help him Mm. so he like went through this ancient well ancient native american kind of languages and like Mm -hmm. got went to people that could teach him bits of it, found bits of like um, books and stuff, I guess, and manuscripts about it. And ha- ha- like actually had to learn the sounds and stuff. So he knew what they are talking about in the songs and like how it related to our natural history.
1: That's such a, yeah, it has, that's the way it has to go. And that's what I've seen done by people that are doing this breakthrough work, just get in with the, the locals and learn their old languages.
0: Yeah. Number 14, all the races and complexions of mankind are found in America. Number 15, America was known to the ancient nations, particularly the Atlantes, Pelagians, Phoenicians. Number 16, some highlands of America are not covered at Noah's flood. Hmm. So, so enter the Melangians, maybe, right? Right, right. And might have become the Asylums of I guess asylums, but he puts a Z, asylums of man, animals, and vegetation. However, but few nations can be traced to these asylums in America. So he's not saying, he's saying that some can be, you know. Um, Number 17, the ancient monuments of both Americas are similar to the primitive monuments of Asia, Africa, and Europe. And that's what we've all been digging through with the Tartaria or like the lost Dude. history of the cities and stuff. And what year
1: did he write this book?
0: this book was from 1826, I think maybe
1: he's saying there's ancient monuments back then.
0: He says it tons in here, but wood, stone pyramids, he's saying the mounds, there are stone structures, there's weird caverns and things that aren't explained oh, for. Most
1: of which we have, have, uh, documented as, as, uh, uh, big presentations to the public and world's fairs and things like that this is this this is crazy to get a guy from this time period talking about it like i haven't heard that from any of that any of this and yet this is so pretty you, crazy.
0: if you do look in newspaper archives and look up ancient race you will find all these accounts of them finding these stone structures and weird chambers buried and everything's under the layer and it's because of a flood obviously there wasn't a mud flood this it didn't liquefy the land. No, it was a rain no. flood, and that sediment on the land that covered shit. Just yeah, I like think I that's thought a. That's a. a
1: to me, that's a sidetrack that they try to do. Like they create this mud flood idea that it can just be a flood, you know? Right.
0: Why don't anyone ever?
1: I think I they like have. Not many they, people. They say try to that. separate it. I think they. I don't know too much about it, but I think that they try to separate. It. Like, no, there's a difference, and this is what a mud flood is. And maybe that's true. Maybe they do exist. Technically, it's just it's still a flood. It's not like what's going to be moving. It's going to be mud. And they try to say the liquefaction thing, and that's not like those buildings would be ripped to shreds if it was liquefaction, they wouldn't even exist.
0: And so oh, anyway, and rant. <laughs> another thing that connects that for me is that I live east of the Rocky Mountains in a northern place where if you look at a flood map, we'd be like one of the last places to flood. Mm -hmm. and there's fucking seashell fossils five minutes down the road road wow
1: that's so they're
0: all around there's a place called fossil falls there's like and it's it's seashells like
1: holy shit
0: so why is there and they try to explain it in weird ways about like they came from dinosaur times and stuff (laughs) and I don't know what they're like you know what i mean like the explanations are so (laughs) crappy and loose that i'm just like it doesn't none of it makes sense and like oh when the glaciers melted this place flooded a little bit and Mm. i don't know yeah there's all kinds of things they say about there's seashells like i could go get some in like five minutes just down the road in a little like um creek bed
1: that's crazy
0: we went there with my geology class in douglas that's nuts um, so then it also says the religions of Americas were similar to the primitive religions of the Eastern Hemisphere. The manners and customs of the Americans are very various and form no pe- peculiar test. Many American nations were highly civilized besides the Mexicans and Peruvians, skillful in agriculture and arts, having cattle and colleges, etc. So he also talks about like certain tribes, and so does the geology book of Native Americans that lived with cattle like had cows they were farmers
1: mm-hmm. jesus
0: and then um
1: so his last so great. Th-
0: yeah so then yeah that's all the points That that's kind of like his overview of what he goes through and tries to prove through this book
1: that's awesome so maybe our part two will be like a deeper dive we'll kind of like we'll both tackle some chapters specifically and uh highlight some important points and i'll that's be ready great. you'll be ready we'll take our time but we will build come down the pipe sooner than later you know
0: and i just feel like more things point like the longer i hold this book i can find more connections in other places to it you know what i mean
1: absolutely i think we've made a lot already
0: this part's really interesting what he says he says the ancient monuments of both americas are very numerous indicating a dense population in places since become wild and desolate as in north america guyana brazil etc And it says they are, sorry, it's on the other page. They are most numerous in the central parts of both Americas, less less than towards both ends, but are still present.
1: Now, do you think he's referring to like little like mud houses?
0: So he definitely isn't because he goes into detail.
1: Okay, right. Because you said he was talking about like pyramids.
0: Stone monuments. Stone monuments. Monuments, idols, buildings, and like So the stuff I find um, in the newspapers about the ancient race and the stone structures, there's like multi-story buildings, pyramids, um, intense like cave cities and things all over America. And of course, Smithsonian comes, cleans up and fucking deletes. Mm. Deleted. (laughs) And they just, they were just wiping out these mounds Across mm-hmm. America, like they had so much disrespect for that historical part. And at-
1: Lincoln talks about the mounds too.
0: Yeah, and so and I have he's this- at Niagara
1: this- of all places.
0: This is from a book called "The Mound Builders," and it's from the 1800s as well. I think around 1850, and then he has a map here of like kind of like what you area and what type of mounds and stone structures and stuff like there's military works there's rock effigies there's effigies there's um altars and beehive tombs
1: beehive tombs i have this
0: i have this article where they found something under the white house and i think i have it handy if you want to i just gotta look at my other hell yeah file and it's pretty
1: short i think i put it in here let's see you're very organized this is how i this is the only way i can do things <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i try to just be organized for shows because or else i'll be like i'm still scrambling anyway usually but right this um,
1: is so dense and the language is hard yeah Oh, I don't know where it
0: is. But anyway, I'll just tell you the stories uh, and I'll send it to you later. So they were digging under the White House to make repairs or like a refurbish an area. And Mm. 10 feet below a sub-basement, they found an ancient chamber with an oven in it and skeletons and it was all stone a stone chamber and some people say it was a tomb but there was like an oven and stuff in it
1: right and it was like right. 10
0: feet below the sub basement of the white house what the fuck and i mean it's in a bunch of articles in a bunch of papers because it was like pretty big news i guess at that time like it's in a bunch
1: that'd be pretty wild if like <laughs> they just like dropped a ton of earth on top of someone's property and their house and everything. And just built the white house.
0: Right. And like, <laughs> I sort of feel like that's kind of more like what happened was that they, there was already sites and stuff and they like, um,
1: and we they're going to take like your house
0: <laughs> and stuff. And then, yeah, they, oh, I wish I could, I don't know. It. Sorry. That's
1: okay. <laughs> Listen for part two, you'll have it right on cue. Yeah. yeah. That'd be Great. <laughs>
0: And honestly, um, for part two, I'll bring some stuff about stone structures if you want, because um, I have some really crazy stuff that they found, like the pyramids and stuff. It's like really fucking crazy. Maybe I can even find a pyramid thing quick before we go. Mountain pyramids. Mm -mm. Is This the one.
1: ancient ruins that's in
0: austria so not as interesting Mm
1: -hmm. um but
0: still interesting it might be this oh yeah pyramid in the west so they found this pyramid on the colorado river like i said there's tons of shit on the colorado river a party of five young men while on exploring on an exploring expedition recently along the colorado river discovered an immense pyramid on a barren plain It was composed of layers of stone from 18 inches to nearly three feet in thickness and from five to eight feet in length. Um, It had a level top of more than 50 feet square, though it was evident that it had been completed and that some great convulsion of nature had displaced its entire top as it was evidently lying on one of its sides, a huge and broken mass nearly covered with sand its present length is 104 feet and it must have been formerly full 20 feet higher this pyramid differs in some respects from the egyptian pyramids it is or was more slender or pointed and while those egyptian those of egypt sorry are composed of steps or layers receding as they rise the american pyramid was undoubtedly a more finished structure the Mm. outer surface of the blocks was evidently cut to an angle that gave the structure when new and complete a smooth or regular surface from top to bottom wow and that's That's everywhere
1: yeah i mean the grand canyon stuff too that's a treasure trove and it's the Egyptian hieroglyphics and things like that, that are written off as, as nonsense. There was no, back then there was no market for conspiracy theories involving Egyptians in America. There was no market for this as like tabloid junk or conspiracy theory.
0: Pumping out the Pompeii-Egypt narrative is so thick about, like, this is the cradle of humanity. Mm-hmm. Look at all this ancient stuff. It's, like, everywhere, especially when you get up to the, like, 1900s. Like, when oh, it yeah. comes into that era, it really gets heavy into it.
1: And all it's the like, adventurers, the European conquerors.
0: I think they're trying to divert from, like, people exploring what was in their backyard.
1: You know Oh, I mean? for like, sure. You have to
0: go to Egypt to find the old shit. No exactly. Kind of stuff or and now
1: I see that again happening in a way where, I mean, it's there if you really look for it, but again, it's not popular when you're th- talking like ancient civilizations, like ancient apocalypse with Graham Hancock, you're talking, uh, ancient aliens, everything they point to. None of it is Europe or what you just, that you uh, pulled up an article before this about Austria. Mm-hmm. And I saw the word Canaanites in there mm-hmm. somewhere. So all that shit is never talked about. It's all to do with like the Mesoamerican gods, rightfully so. Or, you know, the Persian Gulf religions, the Anunnaki, all these different things. Fair enough. But all this European shit is totally left out of the mix. I had Freddie Silva on twice. Good friend of the show. He's awesome. He's definitely going to come back at some point and uh, talk more about his findings and uh, I asked him about some Scandinavian stuff and some some European things, and he's like, "I never really got into that kind of stuff." And I'm like, "I'm so shocked, because this is such a different area." You know, he's like, "I just, you know, have my own focus." You know, that's fair, but I notice yeah. it a lot that I never see the narrative of uh, the the ancient European or ancient uh, Germanic people. Like, none of this stuff is allowed to be talked about. You immediately get put in a very unfortunate category if you go too far into it you know what i mean
0: yeah and yeah i think like everyone just finds their little avenue and kind of like we can't all know everything about our we all can't look everywhere so
1: sure, yeah <laughs> it is
0: good that everyone has their avenue and they just really dive hard into that because it's really important that we get every detail and whether that's them planting their flag or not it's gonna help us figure things oh. out.
1: And just to clarify about like you know Freddie Silva, for Fre- Sorry, all of,
0: I wasn't trying to say yeah. Oh no, like all
1: of all of his work, like um, it's yeah, he's not biased. It's that you know, I I'd, he's I'd say avenue, right. Some of these narratives will attract some parts of these alternative researchers because they can kind of use it, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's convoluted for sure, but. It's not them. They're great research. Everybody's a great right? researcher, you know. That's what
0: I think. Yeah. But as long as everyone's sharing what they find, I appreciate that's, what they're yeah. doing.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, that's the thing. And like everybody that's like putting out all this information, um, it's coming together in a way that will be attacked and will be uh preyed upon to to control the perceptions of us so when I and I you know, when I get into all the ancient alien stuff, that's, that's what I'm talking about. But, you know, even people I've had on like that research and have been on and written books and stuff like that, you know, they often end with and nobody knows who they were. And it's like, well, I think that's changed. it out. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, I honestly, like when I find something really good, like this book, like I, I do feel like um a bit attached to it and it is kind of hard to just give it out. But I, honestly i always think of that part in super troopers when he's like if if you live on the beach man do you own the water and he's like no man it's god's water man (laughs) i'm like that's what i kind of always i just remind myself that every time like it's not your information it's a communist (laughs) (laughs) you know know what i mean like this information belongs to everyone as much as i feel like a, a bit attached to it because i found it that's just my ego because it belongs to everybody and we need to share it or like because there's stuff that like even sharing with you i've learned so much more about it or like well, you know likewise I've got to find right? so much more connections because that's, of
1: sharing i feel like that's the most important thing we're doing right now uh, all of us is just like making the connections and the more we do that that's when like the big heavy hitters sometimes come in and go hey i think what you guys are looking at points to this this and this and you're like Ooh, you know and that's when the revelation comes again and you start getting momentum again so it's like the more we share this shit is the better we are
0: yeah it's really important <laughs> the better off so we are. everyone share and dig into this stuff and let's oh, solve yeah. this puzzle
1: so yeah for now we'll we'll pause and we'll we'll take a break on this and we'll come back for a part two really soon and we'll probably like put them out on both channels and stuff like that um yeah this has been awesome Kaylin. tell the people or where maybe like even it.
0: parts three four five let's just yeah this puzzle. <laughs>
1: and bring different people in for different yeah. episodes you know i mean this is what we're we need you know i love doing the multi uh round table kind of thing anyway it's always how it works best so we've done i'd
0: love to be you a part like of it one day if you guys want to have me i, I know stuff yeah <laughs>
1: yeah definitely so yeah. um yeah tell my audience where they can find you
0: sure um if you guys want to find me i'm on all major platforms strange neighborhood podcast you can find me in all of them pretty much and also on instagram strange underscore neighborhood underscore podcast and uh on instagram i do i share all kinds of shit that i find all the time so any like small detail that i haven't quite found a connection for a lot of old maps old articles and then i do talk about like consciousness and stuff a lot because you know and i think it's all interwoven really it all connects man it does yeah. <laughs> so yeah come find me and let's chat and talk about this stuff let's share let's compare notes
1: oh yeah
0: and why don't you tell my audience where to find you
1: Yep. You can find me on all the platforms as well under the deep share podcast, um, and YouTube and odyssey and on Instagram and Twitter as the deep share. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And so, do you sell
0: a Patreon for your
1: box? I, August stuff? I do well, not, not for any of the box August stuff. So like all anything, um, anything data and information related will always be free. That's I'm I don't I'm not gonna do anything like that behind any paywalls. Awesome. But Patreon I do have, and my homie Shane Newsom and I are kind of putting together like a sideshow of the Deep Share, where it's just like we're kind of talking about the similar things, but we're we're showing clips and we're making fun of stuff and we're talking about consciousness. We're all over the board, you know. So yeah, we'll have guests on fun,
0: talky show kind of. Yeah. Out. Yeah, and those cool. will
1: eventually go out to the public feed anyway, like slowly mm. but surely. But yeah, just you know, if you want to support the channel, of course, it's always helpful. But um, but yeah, it's fun. We'll start releasing those soon. Actually, I got one out already on there, but I'll re- be releasing the the public one pretty soon too, just to give everybody a taste. So
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if I think that's great, I think that's a good way to make like we all are looking for kind of a way to like make an income off this so we could put more of our time and effort into it because we got we all got to make money we have families and shit like um but to find like a good um way that doesn't compromise our morals or whatever that we can make a little money and i think that's a good way like to have a pre-release kind of patreon or like where you and then release it later or whatever but then people that want it first or like maybe a portion of your show is on patreon or i don't yeah, know i haven't quite figured that. out what i'm gonna do but i'm kind of it's exploring. yeah
1: it's anxiety ridden trying to like figure out what you want to do anyway and most of the time i haven't wanted to do it because yeah my morals get in the way i feel like i'm doing something wrong or something like that but you yeah, yeah
0: it's just, it's,
1: <laughs> i'm saying that it's pure entertainment behind the paywall you know that's, that's what beauty. it is That's what I like to do. Anyway, we're going to branch off and do all kinds of fun stuff because like I love creating fiction and all kinds of fun things. So we can go anywhere with it. Right. But I don't want any of this kind of stuff behind behind the pale. I want this for everybody that's interested to hear what we're talking about, what we're piecing together, because that's how I even became a podcaster by hearing what other people were sharing for free, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, okay, I need to say something about this stuff because now I have a perspective on it, you know, and so, maybe a
0: clue to add, right?
1: Absolutely, that's how yeah. we spread. And I always say, like, if if like the legacy news channels and the mainstream media give it give all their lies and propaganda for free, and millions are eating it up because it's free, how is the truth community ever going to compete with that if they're keeping like crucial People. information or like this will you know this is the whole story you know it's it's a fine line but i think you know if you're just kind of trying to theorize and have fun with it and trying to come up with ideas and stuff there's nothing wrong with that and if you yeah. go deeper and you can keep that shit behind a paywall if you want but i don't know <laughs> i have a hard time i know
0: right and but there's also like certain platforms you can use and then i don't know i was thinking about adding ads and then i heard so many canadian podcasters they because it just you don't get to choose your ads for some platforms and then right they just have like ads for the cbc and stuff
1: <laughs> it's like yeah it's that? like, we, like we, i don't yeah, want we're that like, part of the machine, of the machine for them. <laughs> using patreon and part of the machine using zoom or like there's no escape that's the mentality that that creates you know yeah but i don't know but we're all over the place my friend let's um reel it in say good night for tonight and we'll come back for a part two soon
0: yeah and well i'll post the link when i post this obviously you probably will too for the book and the geography book and anything i have here so that everyone can dig in
1: awesome awesome all right everybody thanks for listening thanks for watching Take it easy. See you next time.